Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Helen. And this is the Squiggly Careers podcast, where every week we talk about a different topic to do with work and share some ideas for action and tools to try out that we hope will really help you to navigate your squiggly career with that bit more confidence, clarity and control. And if you're an early listener to the podcast, you might not know about the Squiggly Careers community that surrounds it, that we're very, very proud that sort of developed with each episode. So we've got things like Pod Plus, which happens every week. So if you want to talk and discuss the topics that we share on the podcast a bit further then we do this live session it's just 30 minutes it's 9am every Thursday either Sarah and myself are there and about I don't know 80 to 100 odd people who all share their perspectives ask their questions and we just dive a bit deeper it's a lovely it's a lovely learning community it's quite a positive part of the week so we've got things like that and then we've also got pod mail which is a weekly email which has all the links to our resources in there things like the pod sheet which is a downloadable summary of the episode and also the pod note which is a swipeable summary so whether you want to download swipe or discuss we have some (laughs) stuff for you to support you with your squiggly career or you can just listen to this and that can be it too and it's worth saying that it's all free um, and it will always be free as part of our commitment to making careers better for everyone. And we are also doing our best to design everything so it's really shareable. And so we know that increasingly people are sharing maybe things like the pod note with their teams or people are completing the pod sheets together with managers. So if you ever have any ideas for how we can help you even further, if there's you know, a something that you need that you're not getting from us or something that would be really helpful in your organization please always let us know because we're always iterating learning and loads of those ideas that we just talked about came from our community in the first place please always let us know how you're getting on with them and you can email us with just helen and sarah at squigglycareers.com with any of those ideas and we will do our best to act on them but this week we are going to be talking about a topic close to our hearts and close to our business as well which is learning because it is learning at work week when this will be going out though i'm sure people will be listening to it outside of that week and learning isn't just for learning at work week everybody but we thought it might be useful to talk about some of the benefits of prioritizing your learning if it's not already obvious there are some things specifically about squiggly careers that make it very important for us to prioritise. But we also want to acknowledge some of the barriers that can get in the way. And once we've talked through that, we then have lots of different ideas so that you can invest in your learning at work. And the way that we structured this, I'm quite excited about this. We've got five different questions, everything from how could you learn if you want to learn with someone else or how could you learn if you've not got any money to invest in it? We've got five different questions and Sarah and I have taken those questions away and have both come up with some ideas 
ideas for action about what would we do if that was the question that we were thinking about and we haven't shared our answers with each other. So you're going to get two very different perspectives on how we would respond to those challenges, which means that you get double double the ideas for action out of today's episode on ideas for your learning at work. We'll do benefits and barriers pretty quickly because I think the interesting part is probably part two of what we're going to talk about today. But worth setting the scene, I think, for learning within Squiggly Careers because we are doing quite a few programs on everyday development and creating learning cultures with lots of the organisations we work with. And it's so interesting, I think, particularly to talk to people about the practical barriers and the day-to-day reality of making learning sort of part of how you work and how much of a almost transformation that takes for a lot of people because we just don't feel like we are learning as much as we need to so why is it important I think the first thing is from a career resilience perspective we want to keep our knowledge new and when we say new we don't mean always sort of adding new stuff but it's really this idea of what are we unlearning relearning and learning all of the time I think when there is the change in uncertainty that we're all very used to now and we don't probably need to remind ourselves of we don't want our skills or our strengths to stall or stand still so we always want to be thinking about well how can we make our strengths stronger what are the new skills that might be really useful if I want to develop in new directions what are some of the people I might want to learn from and so we always we kind of want that work in progress mindset and mentality when it comes to our learning, really getting away from learning equals going on a course or feeling like you're sitting in a classroom, which is actually a harder thing to let go of than I think we sometimes give ourselves credit for, because most of us grew up thinking learning should look like going to school. And I still have to you know, sometimes remind myself of like how we broaden our horizons when we think about learning. We also know that learning is a really important part of staying curious and making curious connections. So I think it helps you to build your relationships. It helps you to build relationships, particularly beyond the ones that you need right now. So outside of your day to day. And there's a great phrase that um, someone in our community shared with us. that's always really stuck with Helen and I. I'm sure we've talked about it before. Someone said to us, you've got to make sure that you collect the dots so that you can connect the dots. And when we're all trying to spot opportunities to add value, we're solving new problems or difficult, knotty problems. If you're doing lots of collecting the dots and lots of learning, you sometimes don't know how they're going to come together to be useful. But it's almost one of those times where you need to sort of trust the process. That's often what I remind myself of with some of the learning that I do that is maybe less linked to my day to day is sort of trusting it will become useful. It might not just be useful tomorrow. And then some of your learning, I think you have more of a direct link to, well, how can I put this into practice straight away? And so I think just that the range of learning and designing our own development in a way that works for us, I think is so important. And so now let's think about some of the things that get in our way. And again, I don't want to I don't want to depress everybody, but I guess we just recognize these things and it would be wrong to ignore them. I think one of the biggest barriers that like, we face and we when we talk to other people that always comes up is time. Now, it already feels like we're trying to fit a lot in and then we're trying to learn on top of it. And particularly when learning feels like going on a course, it feels like another thing we've got to fit into our days rather than just seeing learning about the way that we're working. It would be feels like this is extra thing to fit in and that can feel quite hard the other thing is about budget so sometimes when we think about what we might want to learn one of the biggest barriers can be how much that thing might cost 
And again, that can be because we think about it being as a course or maybe it's a program that you want to go on. But I've definitely been in situations where there have been specific things that I wanted to learn that I couldn't afford to learn myself. But then I also couldn't get that investment from a company because like the learning was limited by level or there was some hurdle I had to go through in order to access it. And suddenly it feels quite frustrating that there's this thing that you want to do to learn and grow but there's like 101 hurdles you have to go through in order to get it and it's like why should learning feel this hard and I think that can also affect your motivation sometimes when there's something that you want to do as well as time and budget one of the other barriers can be a lack of belief particularly if there's something that you want to learn that you're starting from scratch so maybe you are becoming a manager for the first time and suddenly you're kind of learning a whole new set of skills about how to manage people and that can feel really scary or maybe you've done a squiggly move into a different part of the business and you are actually really knowledgeable about the area that you've come from but now you don't know a lot about the area that you're in and sort of admitting that you might not have all the answers and asking people for help about what you could learn to improve can feel quite scary particularly if you've got some confidence gremlins that might be getting in the way of your learning and I think one of the other things that does come up is when learning is important to you but it doesn't necessarily feel important to the organization that you're in so you've got the mindset of being a learn it all but you're not necessarily in a place where learning feels like it's available or important to all and that can feel quite a difficult thing for you to do and Often when I'm talking and Sarah, we're talking to people about, you know, should you stay in the organisation or go somewhere else? We often talk about like pick learning organisations. If you're in a learning organisation, that's going to help you to future proof your career. But if you are not in a learning organisation, there's a point at which that might hold you back. And it certainly won't feel great if that's one of your priorities. So a question that might be useful just to start your thinking as we're considering learning at work and what that looks like for you is what percentage of your week do you think you currently spend learning? And I asked this question in a workshop last week with loads of different people and I gave options. So I gave ranges like 0 to 10%, 10 to 30% and sort of going up in different increments. And most people said less than 15%. And then when I dug a bit deeper to sort of say, okay, so tell me how you got to that percentage, what were you thinking of? Partly it was because people were thinking, I just don't get any time to learn. I do the same things in the same way every week. And part of it was also how we frame learning. So because we are very limited often in how we label learning, it was like, oh, but I don't do it. Those automatic labels of learning like workshops and courses, that feels like learning. So that's an easy thing to identify. And that adds up to my percentage. But anything beyond that sort of almost doesn't seem to count or feel like feel like learning for people so I just think it's an interesting question to ask yourself what is your percentage at the moment what contributes that percentage for you how much of that is about also you changing your mindset as to what learning looks like and how you label learning and also how much of it is more about you thinking about what does learning look like how are you going to design your own development I also think in terms of those benefits and barriers it is worth you personally reflecting on what is the biggest benefit for you for increasing your kind of intentionality around your learning. So for me, for example, I think it would help me to increase my impact in my role in lots of different ways, actually in my day-to-day job as sort of being the CEO of the business that Sarah and I run together, amazing if, but in also in helping other people with their career development, I think I can increase my impact if I prioritize my learning. And then I think the biggest barrier for me would, it's less about 
time but it's more specifically about prioritizing and protecting the time that's the biggest barrier I don't prioritize it in my working week and even when I do I don't always protect it and I think if you can just understand the benefit for you personally I think that might increase your motivation to take action and if you can acknowledge the barrier it can help you to be more specific about what you might need to do differently so that it doesn't become the last thing on your to-do list for example. I think those are two really good questions because I got to a very different answer for benefit. Very selfishly, I was my first thought was, "Well, I just enjoy it," (laughs) and then I connected a few more dots and thought, "Well, that's because learning is one of my values." So I know that if I have anything that feels like learning for me within a week, they're often the moments that give me the most energy. Our values are what motivate and drive us. So I'm very motivated, like selfishly very motivated by learning. I almost think I could often spend quite a lot of my week sort of in a learning void (laughs) in quite an enjoyable but not very practical or commercially successful way. (laughs) But but, but I would enjoy it. I I could design that, I think, quite easily. So that would be, that benefit question was a really good one for me. And I, I hadn't thought of that until you sort of distilled it in that way. And the barrier for me, I think, is sometimes about figuring out how do I learn best so less about prioritizing it as you say and then kind of keeping that priority but more about I think I sometimes attempt to learn in ways that don't work for me and when we answer some of the questions we're going to talk about later I think I'll bring that to life a little bit more so for me it's sometimes taking the ownership to design my own development that's the barrier not the prioritizing it but little bit of feedback for you I really see the benefit when you do like your energy and your ideas are both multiplied when and it's it's actually a different kind of energy you bring back when you've been learning it's like a happy energy you're Mm. like oh I've just loved what I'm doing and it's like it's a very happy Sarah I, I see that I see that in you so we have covered learning before as we said it's like it's a topic close to our heart and something we're both really really passionate about and I think what we've covered more before has been sort of the principles of like how to be a learn it all for example which we did a podcast on and we had some ideas for sort of unlearn learn and relearn in our first Harvard Business Review article that we did and we'll put the links to those in the pod sheet so that you can access them but what we wanted to do in this episode for learning at work week is really give you some practical things that you could do to invest in your learning like things that you could read and watch and listen to or or perhaps courses you can go on but very much from mine and Sarah's perspective so we've got these five different questions Sarah and I've taken them we don't know what each other's answers are so they're going to be really boring when I'm like yeah same same or actually it might be like oh I didn't know I didn't know about that well you're looking weirdly excited about this I hope you're not going to be disappointed you're like really grinning because I found an event that I want to go to okay (laughs) I was like there is some reason why you've got like a massive grin on your face and I was thinking is she just just really excited about the podcast I did get really excited at first I was like oh I've got to remember to look at all these things and then when I started taking these questions away it really forced me to find new learning so I guess that's the other prompt as well that We are going to share some ideas with you, which you might want to just act on because you're like, oh, I didn't know about that. I'm going to go and find that thing they talked about. But also answering these questions for yourself or maybe in a team could be really interesting so that you could borrow some ideas from other people that you work closely with too. So Sarah, are you ready for some fun learning questions? I've got my my special separate notes so that you can see them. It's on my phone. It's on my phone. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm ready. Question number one, how would you learn at work if you felt like you had no time to spare? So I'd got three ideas. My first idea was, how can I experiment with what I'm already doing? So I don't think learning always has to feel like an and. 
as in like, oh, and I've got to add this to the end of my day. And I think often that's one of the things that we hear from people is, oh, I feel like I have to sort of almost do it in my own time. And I think your starting point should be to look at your week and think, well, where are my opportunities for learning? this week so even today I, I wonder if I was slightly had like a bias because I knew we were doing this podcast but I was doing a workshop where I experimented with a different sort of tool in that workshop that I'd never done before and I, it felt quite risky and that was a bit about me learning about how to introduce a new idea that I'm not the expert in I didn't really know if it's going to work I wasn't sure what the feedback was going to be when I've got no time I don't always think time is the starting point I think it is look for the opportunities to learn in your week and then think, well, what are the small experiments in terms of what I could do differently that might just help me to learn some new skills or to make some skills stronger? My second thing, which does take a bit of time, but I think you can do this in five minutes at the end of a day, is ask yourself the same coach yourself question every day for a week. And I think there is something useful about the same question every day for a week. And I think those questions could be something like, yeah, when was I at my best today? Or what gave me the most energy today? Or what was I most proud of today? Or what was most difficult about my day? You know, just it's they're essentially their self-awareness questions. And I think just by doing it for at least a week and doing the same question just for five minutes, you might just do five minutes thinking about that for yourself, or you might do a little five minute mind map. Interesting to see what trends and themes come from doing that so I think almost like if you've got a question mark about one of those areas or you just want to increase your self-awareness I think you would learn by doing that so that was my second idea I don't know how many ideas you wanted but I've got only got one more I mean one but yeah (laughs) okay sorry (laughs) and then my third idea was to if I really feel like I've got no time to spare I still feel like I enjoy my days more if I have read watched or listened to something short that has been a catalyst for my curiosity So I read a really good article called How to Become a Better Listener According to Science. And there was one statement in that that really stood out, which was stepping outside our ego cocoon and making an effort to put ourselves in someone else's shoes will significantly improve our listening skills. So I want to go back to that article and I want to spend some more time with it. And I went through it quite quickly, so I couldn't tell you loads about that. I could tell you some key themes and I've saved it in my like to come back to articles. But that statement, that ego cocoon, I think just I think that's a brilliant description and a really memorable way of describing it. And I felt like I learned something there and collected some of those dots that we described. So there was three ideas and you just said you only wanted one. So already I'm not responding well, to your brief. Well, no, because I've got three too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just told me off for having three. And then you're like, oh no, I've done three too. Okay. Well, but one of them, one of them was the one that you had. So I also okay. had the increasing experiments one. So I think that's, that's a really good way to kind of fit learning into your day. Yeah. My different ones, one of them you'll hate. You'll be like, oh, Helen, that's so you. But this one, I think you'll like focusing on feedback. So I actually yeah, think nice. one of the best ways that you can learn is when you get lots of feedback. And actually, if you're going to do experiments, getting feedback, feedback you know on what worked well in that session when I did that what do you think would be even better if next time is they go they go together really nicely but just generally asking somebody you know how did I come across in that meeting when do you see me at my best how could I increase my impact if I was going to do that again those sorts of nice questions I think they will help you to learn about yourself from other people's perspectives and again I just think about that as data for your development you don't have to respond and react to every piece of information you get when you ask those questions you're just learning about your impact on other people and collecting data for your development so focusing on feedback 
And actually, um, Vivi and our team coined a phrase for that yesterday. I was doing my Instagram takeover, which I committed to on this podcast. And then because I'd said it out loud, everybody remembered. And they were like, when are you doing that thing? So I actually had to do it. And Vivi was giving me some feedback as I was doing my Instagram takeover. And she just called it fast feedback. And I was like, oh, I felt like I learned more yesterday, partly because I sort of combined an experiment times getting fast feedback. Mm. So this idea of like, I think fast feedback, if you're, if time is your challenge, fast, a bit of fast feedback, I, I sort of did one thing where I probably hadn't appreciated that it was as useful as it was if she hadn't have told me. And like one thing where she was like, oh, could we maybe think about this for next time? And so you just feel, I felt like I learned more yesterday because I got probably three bits of fast feedback from her in mm. a very also quite focused it was like focused fast feedback so yeah seen that in action very recently my third one uh, I don't think you'll uh, like yeah. but because <laughs> you'll like, right, oh. have to do it um it's for me it's like learning in parallel so what I mean by that is there's some tasks that I do that I can learn at the same time as I do them so for example commuting if I listen to a podcast while I commute I'm sort of learning in parallel so I don't have to find extra time to learn I just do it at the same time as I'm doing something else so recently have started listening to audiobooks I'm currently yeah. listening to the tribe of mentors uh, with Tim Ferriss which I'm, I'm loving whilst getting ready in the morning so that was previously kind of like dead time to me Sarah's like oh gosh just rest Helen but as in I'm brushing my teeth I'm putting my makeup on deciding what to wear and so I just sort of put, take my phone I put my phone in like my dressing gown pocket and I put like the tribe of mentors audiobook on and it's quite nice because each chapter is quite short he just talks to well there's just one mentor talking through a series of questions they're the same sort of questions so I can get through about three mentors and um, I'm like oh interesting and sometimes I'll like pause it and I'll write down a little comment in my um, in my notes app on my phone but I feel like that was otherwise dead time that I've sort of repurposed as a bit of a learning moment what I would say makes that valuable is picking the thing that you're learning in a quite an intentional way so that audiobook works well for me because it is each chapter each each mentor is quite short if it was a really long book like Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman I might get frustrated because I might feel like I'm never really getting into a chapter for long enough during that time but that has worked well for me recently cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it blue nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Okay, so our next question is, how would you learn at work if money wasn't available to you? Okay, 
so my first thought, because this has happened to me a lot, and I know I know it's happened to you, that we both wanted to do things in the past that cost a lot of money. And sometimes those your organizations can fund those things, but often they can't or they can't straight away. So my first thought is, well, how do you respond to that when you basically get told no? And this is where I think Adam Morgan's work on having a stubbornly adaptive mindset has worked wonders for me. I think I am stubborn. And so I don't let go of those things that are important to me. But I am good at thinking, well, not now doesn't mean not ever. And what are the other ways or opportunities that I could reach that same outcome but it might be funded in a different way so whether that is things like I've done um like sponsorships I've applied for awards I've looked for industry funding basically been as creative as I possibly could in terms of thinking well if my organization can't fund this or could only fund part of it could I fund some of it like typically often not but you know occasionally there would have been bits I could have funded and sometimes those programs I've wanted to do or learning I've wanted to do I have had in my mind for two or three years before I've been able to make happen, but I haven't ever let go of it. And there would have been a point where maybe if I'd not found a route, I think I would have found a different way, but I have always been able to find a way ultimately. And I think it's when I know it's the right thing because I'm not just sort of plucking something I want to learn out of sort of thin air. It's something that I have really researched and probably talked to people who've already done it before. I've really immersed myself in, does that learning look and feel right for me I'm really clear on why I want to do it and how I think it will help me and then I sort of really stick with it if you can't do that or while you're waiting I've always found it useful to think well who are the people that I could learn from who either I could learn from directly as in I could spend time with or you don't necessarily need to know them I could read watch and listen to their work so I could get much much closer to that world in that waiting time. So let's say to just bring it to life very specifically, I wanted to become qualified as a coach. And at the time, the organisation I was in weren't quite sure what they were going to do with coaching. Did they want people to qualify or did they want people to do stuff internally? So I, I got a waiting period. Well, they hadn't sort of said not ever, but it was a not now. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to hold out for it. And during that time where I was sort of waiting, I like read some books. I did some sort of shorter programs and alternative ways to just learn a bit more, not quite into the depth that I was ultimately hoping I was going to get, but did some things that I could just sort for myself. I think it goes back to that uh, mindset of creating, not waiting. It's like what are all the things that I can create almost like while I'm waiting in the hope that I'm still going to make be able to make that ultimate thing happen. But almost then, even if I don't, I've still learned a lot. And if anything, I think those things then, mean you're in an even better position when you do then get to do hopefully the thing that comes your way and learning from people you know typically lots of people are prepared to share their learning with you because it's quite a privilege to get to do that and you don't like I said the access to that I think is so different now to say when we started out in our jobs if I think about I mean there was internet <laughs> but it's certainly not quite We're the not same old was... no I know but I remember dial-up so I mean, you I know when you like the noise yeah when I yeah. think about <laughs> You know, perhaps when at the start of my career, just the access and the amount of free, Hmm. good quality learning that is out there now, I sort of feel like if there's a will, there's a way. And that might just be me being overly optimistic, but I found in my career pretty much every time I've wanted to learn something big, you know, that's felt like a really big skill or a really big program, I have always got there, but it's sort of like brackets in the end. 
the stubbornly adaptive approach. Mm. So mine is slightly different. I, d- I have done a lot of what Sarah said, but that actually wasn't the answers that I'd written down, which is quite nice. We've got different ones. I had got learning from other people. So I'd gone with, if you haven't got money available, I'd gone go get a mentor because mm-hmm. mentors are free. So think about what you want to learn and who could help you to learn it. So rather than going on a course, go and have a conversation with somebody about that thing. Mentors have been a big accelerator of my learning. So for example, in learning about how to improve the way that I run the business, going to talk to other people who run businesses has been a really good way of me learning. And that has generally been free, occasionally cost me a cup of coffee. Yeah, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Occasionally cost me a cup of coffee. The other thing that I had put on here was more about um, how to make learning last was going in my mind a little bit. So there's some really interesting research about how much learning we actually retain. So for example, Mm. if you read a book, only 8% of what you learn when you read a book is retained. But actually, when you discuss something with other people, then 50% of what you learned is retained. And so I was thinking about, well, maybe I would start a podcast club, because most podcasts are free, like the Squiggly Quiz podcast that you're listening to is a free podcast. And people could listen to that. And then you could have a discussion group around a topic like, you know, curiosity or experimentation, for example. And when you talk about that, with other people not only would that be a way to make the learning last longer it also doesn't cost anybody anything so I feel like if there was if you could have a little curiosity community maybe using a resource like a podcast for example then that could be a, a good way that you could learn for free so questions three and four we're going to put together because really the variable is how much money have you got to invest <laughs> so I love spending fake money I really I enjoy doing me this too. me too this is probably my favorite one so this question is what would you learn at work if you had 50 pounds that's the first part of the question and then the second bit is and what would you learn at work if you had 500 pounds so Sarah you can't reel off 100 ideas right <laughs> give me give me your best ones your 50 pounds oh. idea and your 500 pounds idea so if I had 50 pounds I would buy a book okay and then I would go to an online event from someone like How To Academy, Do Lectures or 5 by 15 I think I've got a few sources of go-to places where if you go to their events, they're usually like 25 to £35, pounds, I think, on average. And I would choose by topic or by speaker. And I trust the kind of quality of the curation of those platforms. And usually it's quite doable in terms of, you know, it's 40 five minutes or it's an hour or or something like that so there's no newness in there that sort of for me that felt very tried and tested ways of spending 50 pounds so similar but different places so I would also do the events some of mine I was looking oh where can I get to go in person so that's probably (laughs) a bit of a difference because I would always gravitate to oh where would there be some people that I could meet at the same time the RSA Mm. have some and we'll make sure that all these links are on the pod note for you but they have some really interesting events one coming up on the future of venture capitalism and innovation which was like "Mm, slightly slightly different also Tortoise are a really interesting media company they have quite just curious sessions that are around kind of topical topical things things and then the idler academy daisy buchanan was talking there and there's it's seven pounds so actually you could get quite for 50 pounds you could get yourself a bit of like a a series of curiosity sessions that you know you could do one a month and it could take you quite far and they have some really nice discussion i really like the idler academy i would like this but they tend to be in the evening and they really position it as like come listen and learn with a glass of wine i mean it's byo so you're at your own at home with your glass of wine but i quite like how they position it as a solo social thing but you can learn with others about the same thing interestingly though when I was diving into oh what are they doing at the moment I went on tortoise to see what they were doing 
And there is a new festival that they've got going on. This is what got me really excited. It's called the Kite Festival. And they have a £50 Saturday ticket and a £50 Sunday ticket. And it's mixing learning and music. And I looked at who was on there and I was like, this is amazing. So they had like artists that I really like. Tom Mish, quite like him at the moment. He's, he's heavily on my Spotify soundtrack. But also Elizabeth Day speaking. Bimini Bomboulash is on there. Richard Dawkins, Julia Hobsbawne on The Future of Work. I mean, that is... £50 well spent. If I didn't have to take my children with me, which is the issue with that, then um, I would be all up for that kite festival. It's the new tortoise learning festival and it's £50. So that would be my my top idea. Right. So you've got £500 now. Where, where are you going? I would do something that felt far away from my day to day. So that was my starting point. £500 to spend. I was like, I don't, I probably wouldn't want to do almost like things that felt familiar. I would want to do something that feels new Maybe a tiny bit scary, you know, some sort of like unfamiliar territory, whether that's topic or people. And I think in an ideal world, I would actually, I'd actually would want to do something with people. So I'd sort of want the topics to be away from the day to day. And I think I would want to be away from the day to day. I've always seen that whenever I spend time just away and learning other things, it does sort of open up my brain in new and different ways. Like, you know, Helen described, you sort of know when I've done that, because I think, it also just sparks new thoughts for me on on my day-to-day by being away. So a few specific ones that I've looked at. So I think I've talked about it on the podcast, but last year I did a course on systems thinking with Layla Agrigal, who's been on the podcast, and she does lots of work on sustainability. And her programmes are run by something called the Unschool. So I would always do some learning with Layla again because she was interesting, small group, so it sort of suited me, very immersive, which I also really liked. And I didn't know very much about systems thinking. I say no very much. I didn't know anything about systems thinking when I turned up. And two days later, I felt like I knew a lot more. So I think that's the sort of thing that I would look for. And having done that last year, I was like, it, it felt, it feels really memorable. You know, and you're like, what? I don't, I've not got a rubbish memory. But you know, you think, what can I remember from last year? I really remember those two days. I remember the environment I was in, the people that I met, how I felt, some of the things that I learned. I think just because it is so you're sort of so all in so I think I really enjoyed that and one that I've got my eye on for this year so there's something called the happy startup school which is down in Brighton in the UK by the sea so I was like I could maybe do something like that I am going to do lectures this year which is something I've tried to do for three years because of Covid so that's something again that's in Wales or something like school of life so we haven't mentioned school of life so far and I've done a few courses at school of life over the last 10 or 15 years. I've done the odd day course, the odd hour course. I did a program on, I think it was like introductory or like beginner's guide to philosophy. And again, I really remember that. That was six years ago now. And I remember going every week and it was like half a day. I don't know that that was exactly 500 pounds, but that is the sorts of things that I would be searching for. Where am I going to meet some new people, learn some new things, be very immersed in it. I actually wouldn't appeal to me that much to do you know, like two hours a week, every week, I would much rather go and do two days. Albeit that feels obviously hard from a time perspective, but that's what I'd be spending. And I say will be, I like actually will be spending my £500 on this year. So mine are different. I've got two ideas. They're both quite different things. The first one comes from when do I think I've learned like the most? And Mm, I think one of the things that's helped me has been getting a coach. And I think you only need that at the right point in time. So if I had £500, particularly if I had a career conundrum, I think that would be £500 well spent if I had one or two sessions with a coach and I invested it in that. 
but that I also tried to invest in my self-coaching skills at the same time. So I think that's what makes it sustainable. So, and this is not to PR our own book, You Coach You. I was like, you, you best no. be promoting You Coach You. <laughs> no, I'm not. I mean, you could buy You Coach You and Coach Yourself, or you could maybe go on a course a uh, sort of a simpler course about you know how to become a coach for example which in doing that would probably teach you there are lots of like you know one day coaching courses which will teach you some of the basic tools for coaching not to coach other people but to apply apply to yourself and so whether you did I suppose that we do those we should we should I do realize we've just got all those and I'm like we've not actually mentioned any of us <laughs> which I mean, partly feels like we a bit can't. of a mess. You can't go, oh, and we've got loads of courses that you can learn. Let's recommend those. No, but we do have some open courses that are we very do. affordable okay. for one hour at lunchtime. So we should probably include the link to some of those. And you could come and do a How to Coach Yourself yeah, for an you hour could. Yeah, for you £30. Could. There you go, everyone. You could you could do that. I didn't <laughs> want to promote our own work. You could do that. We obviously have the book, which is all about that. But I guess the bigger principle for me was if I had £500 and knowing what has helped me learn at work it would be invest it in a coach but at the same time think about how you could keep a bit back to invest in your own self-coaching skills in whatever way you know going on a course in person or coming to one of our virtual ones or buying a book could could help you to do that to make sure that that is money well spent I would highly recommend doing some kind of chemistry meeting with a coach first of all because the fit that you have with a coach I think is really important for you getting the most from that investment I've had some coaches where it's just we have it hasn't been a good fit and I've had somewhere it's been really important it's called a chemistry meeting which is like a, a short chat basically to understand a coach's approach and get a feel for their fit for you and I think you do want to think you know do I want a challenging coach do I want a coach that's more about values or purpose or whatever it is be specific about what you need and what your coaching challenge is and I think it can help you to find a better fit from the coaches that you might talk to so that would be my first one the other one for me would be 500 pounds would be an event so some all day events I'm going to one this year with the marketing society I know what that agenda is going to be like I know it's going to be fuel for my curiosity I know that that fuel will go further because I'll be talking to lots of people and I'll get I'll get excited about those conversations so it's sort of conversation curiosity and connection that I will get from that money but I would say that I don't think all events are worth their money so again I would say pick those events wisely because some one day events can seem quite expensive and so look at the agenda if like with me for example are you going to get the opportunity to connect and converse with other people if that's what's important to you or if it is just about fueling your curiosity are there people and topics on that agenda that you actually want to learn about but those would be my 500 pounds yeah and when you talked about coaching that and the events I think because you can feel yes obviously whether it's your organization's money or if it's your money you want that to be money well spent and so definitely ask for recommendations. I'm in a few WhatsApp groups where I've seen people say, I am looking for someone to do a bit of coaching, a couple of sessions. Does anyone have any recommendations? And a few people have, have really endorsed, oh, you know, I had an incredibly positive experience with this person or that person. If you're looking for this kind of coach or you know, has anyone been to within the networks or within your organization, has anyone been to these events before? And they can tell you what their experience you know, was. Did it feel like good value for money? And I do think one of the things that has happened over the last couple of years is some events that have gone virtual that previously would have been unaffordable have now become affordable and you've got the same speakers yes you're not in a room but those events people are working increasingly hard to create the connections you hear from really good quality speakers the tech is getting so much better so I think where organizations have really invested in how do we create a brilliant experience online I think you could have a really good day 
an online event, I think just pick those ones again where you feel like they are investing in that. They've thought about how we're going to connect the different people who are coming along. Look at those speakers. You know, the FT do some for like women in business that I actually I, th- I think are quite affordable given the people and the quality of people that they get. We've been involved in a few of those doing a few workshops. But I remember looking at the agenda and going, you know, when you look and think, oh, sounds fascinating. I, re- I really want to be part of that. And it made me feel proud that we were. And I think you've got to plan ahead because sometimes if you just suddenly go, well, can I do this next Wednesday? Most of the time for all of us, we'd be like, well, no, because I've got meetings and I can't just get out of this project. So already doing this podcast prompted me to think for the rest of this year, and we're recording this in May, what does my learning look like? What are those learning kind of immersion moments? Am I doing enough as part of my day to day? Am I doing enough with experiments? And just, I think having that kind of monthly prompt to kind of think about, you know, how can I increase that percentage? Like what percentage of my week am I spending learning? You know, we're not talking about going from 10% to 80% overnight, but what would it take to get from 10 to 20 Maybe if you got to 20, 20 to 30, and you're just incrementally just increasing that that percentage so you just feel like you're kind of learning as you go rather than thinking, get to the end of the year and you're like, I've done a lot because everyone's always busy. I've done a lot, but I don't feel like I've learned a lot. I wouldn't want anyone to feel like that at the end of a year. So our last question then, how would you learn at work if you didn't want to learn alone? So I had tortoise here. Wow. Which is interesting. So I think we both, I, I like tortoise. I think they are, um, they do a good job of putting interesting people, interesting communities. So, and tortoise have an app. So you can pay to be part of that app and you sort of go in that community. And I think it's, you know, it's relatively affordable every month. My other idea, which I'm really interested in and someone on our team has done, is perhaps becoming part of a community that's kind of being built intentionally as a community. So there's one called Stack World for example, which is that one is specifically for women. One of our friends, Lauren Curry, she has something called Upfront, which is all about building confidence for women. And when I talk to Lauren and I see the work that Lauren's doing and look at Stack World, they very clearly are created to be communities. So communities of learning. So it's almost the community of learning feels as important as the content of the learning. And so I think those learning experiences that have been designed with community in mind if I didn't want to learn alone, that's what I would be looking for. And a few of those, those ones both just happen to be for women. Tortoise absolutely isn't. But I feel like, again, with Tortoise, they are they have always tried to design that to bring people together who maybe have a shared belief about, you know, originally they started with like slow journalism, like challenging, constructively debating. I feel like that's sort of their their style and their vibe. And so I would look at where are these communities being created? And also, do you feel like that's a community that you would want to be part of? Because I think every community has a slightly different purpose and starting point. Is it a community where you sort of want to be really active? Do you want to get to know people at like a one-to-one? Is one-to-many? Does that work really well for you? I think the communities of learning that I've been part of that have been the most effective for me have always been smaller. But that's because I'm more introverted and I like to get to know people really well. That's always sort of my preferred approach. But I'm starting to see these communities that are much bigger and they seem to be doing a really good job of creating those connections. So it's not something I've done loads of, but they're the, there was two examples that really sprung to mind from Statworld and from Lauren. But I think probably something like Tortoise is where I would personally go. And so mine was slightly different. It's about squiggly swaps. So I think oh, yeah. if I didn't want to learn alone, 
I would start a series of squiggly swaps. So I could help people to learn about how to, I don't know, set up a website on Wix.com or uh, like an online shop, or I could help somebody to think about how they could transfer their talents into different organizations or pivot their career across industries, all, all stuff that I'd done. And I'd almost do like a squiggly swap thing. So if I was to run a session on that and I'd get people kind of who wanted to, to learn that thing in there. So let's imagine five or six people came to that. Then it would be like, okay, well, what can we learn next from somebody else who's got a skill to swap? And I could imagine there's some experiment, isn't there? Like with a paperclip, like how far can you trade oh, yeah. a paperclip? And I all I can almost see the same thing going on with a squiggly swap. So if I helped you to learn about that, what could you help me to learn about? And then we could go around and basically build a community of people who were doing a lot of squiggly skill swaps that I could learn through and I feel like it could I'd always just be interested to see how far you could go with your learning if you just did squiggly skill swaps you can't say it actually um yeah it's hard to say (laughs) I was talking to an organization today who have a like a skills market Hmm. so they actually have a marketplace internally set up where everybody shares their skills and the intention is exactly as you've described for as so that it's very transparent about what you've got to give and then it's much much easier in terms of thinking oh, but I need to gain that thing or I need to get good at that. And then you know who to go to. And it sort of ends up being less about, you know, sometimes you can get pigeonholed in your world or just with who you know. So I suppose it opens it up and it's a it's a big organisation. So you might not know that someone in a very different team has got that skill or that strength that you would really like to learn or get better at. So yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I, I it's funny, isn't it, when you talk about where your head goes when you're answering exactly mm. the same question. And I think we've gone to quite different places there, which hopefully is useful. So one of the reasons we actually wanted to do today, which we probably should have said to start the podcast, if anyone is still actually listening by this point, is that often we do get feedback that people have got learning budgets in organisations that individually you can choose where to spend those. But people just need some ideas and some inspiration about where to go and, and how to almost approach almost curating your own learning and designing your development. So I hope that what we've done today is if you are in that fortunate position where your organization does give you money to invest, we've given you loads of ideas about how you could spend it or at least prompts for catalysts that you can go away and do some further research. And if you don't, um, because I appreciate loads of people listening won't be in that position, maybe there are things that you can either do for free or that you could fund for yourself or that you might be able to go and request in a very kind of personal way to your manager because you never know. And I always took the approach with learning. If you don't ask, you'll never find out either way. I'd much rather receive a no and decide that it's a not yet than to not know at all. So what we'll do on the pod sheet is we'll summarise lots of those questions that we just asked and the resources that we have got as well. Worth looking at at Amazing If on Instagram or following Amazing If on LinkedIn as well, because during Learning at Work Week, we're going to be posting lots of different resources for you to use that might be helpful for you in your teams as well. But thank you so much for listening to this this week. Next week, we are going to be back talking about friendship at work, which was a much commented on episode on social media that people wanted a bit of support with so that is what Sarah and I and thankfully we are we are friends so hopefully still we have friends some, still friends for a long time so hopefully we have some perspective on that but we also do have some other friends uh, connected to our work <laughs> as well so we'll we'll surface some insights and give you some ideas for action if you feel that that might be useful for you in your career so thank you so much for listening everyone as always we really appreciate you coming back and spending time with us and we'll see you again soon bye for now bye everyone Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.